Welcome to the Honey Drop, your all-access pass to the Hamilton Honey Badgers, the second edition of the show. Last week, we had the head coach, and today, we have the team's leading scorer. He is Dartmouth, Nova Scotia's finest, went to ISU, played for the Cyclones, played for the Iowa Wolves of the G League, played for the Raptors in the Summer League, torched the 905 in the G League bubble for 27 points, and now he is with the Honey Badgers through two games. He's averaging 25 his name is Lindell Wigginton. Lindell, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, so the first question that we always ask, and the point of the podcast is to tell everyone's basketball journey. We know that you, no one there hopes that the Hamilton Honey Badgers are at the end of their journey, but it's a really great stepping stone to the next type of thing. But the first question we always want to ask is, what's your first vivid basketball memory as a kid? Um... Really, just growing up and watching uh, all my brothers play and my dad play, and that's kind of really how I got into the game. How I fell in love with the game, just watching them. I have a I have a big basketball family, like uh, my uncles, cousins, everybody was uh, played the game of basketball. So, um, really, just growing up and watching those guys playing like the black tournament and stuff like that back home in Halifax. So, uh, that's kind of my uh, first memory for sure. So, as you're growing up and you're still in Halifax, you haven't. You haven't moved over to the States for AAU ball or Oak Hill basketball yet, but when you're in Halifax or Dartmouth, can you take me back to like 14-year-old Lindell? You're playing pickup and you're, you're picking teams and you're about to check the ball up. What do your teammates and what do your opposing players know about you right before you're going to play a pickup game? Uh, they know I'm going to compete. Uh, they know I'm going to go at anybody in front of me. Uh, I'm just going to try to be the best I can be, and I'm going to try to um, lead my teammates and uh, make them the best they can be. Uh, so I, I think that's the, that, that's the thing that would uh, stand out and that people would know for sure. So you got your basketball family growing up, and I imagine you were an NBA fan growing up. Now, I'm a little older than you. I'm about 14 years older than you, and they say that in my generation, you know, we root for teams, but in your generation, you guys root for players over teams. Yeah. Were you like a, a more of a team fan or a player fan? And who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, yeah, I wasn't a team guy. I was a I was a a, a player guy. So I, my favorite player was Derrick Rose, and that's who I uh, try to model my game after. Just the explosiveness and uh, how he can uh, change bursts of speeds, get into the rim, and stuff like that. So uh, that was a, a guy I grew up watching, and uh, you know, I still watch to this day. Uh, so he's had an incredible story. The the amount of injuries he's had to fight through the amount of adversity he's had to go through but the one play that I think of when I think of Derrick Rose and um I think it was his first couple of seasons with, with Chicago he had this dunk against the Suns do you remember this on Goran Dragic on Dragic yeah do you I mean I just I just remember just jumping out of my chair I I couldn't I couldn't believe it that's the kind of inspiration he provides for you yeah that definitely that was one of the craziest dunks I've seen in just watching him play, just um, growing up being being a, a fan of his, and I, I actually got to met, uh, I got to meet him when um, I played at Iowa State. They uh, he was on Minnesota at the time, and they came to uh, have a preseason game against Milwaukee there. So I actually got to meet him and talk to him. So uh, that was kind of one of my biggest uh, basketball moments for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So you move on to you go to Oak Hill, obviously, and you you become a very highly sought after recruit. Uh, 
and Oak Hill, for anyone who's listening, has the longest list of NBA players. Um, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Durant, Michael Beasley, Rod Strickland, and then about 25 other guys. But you go to Oak Hill and then you go to, go to Iowa State. Uh, you had your choice of plenty of schools, but you go to the Cyclones. And I was trying to look for stuff for why you chose um, Iowa State over other schools. And one of the assistant coaches there, Neil, Neil Barry, he said, you won't find a more loyal kid than Lindell Wigginton. Where did that loyalty come from? And why is it important? Uh, it came from my family. Like, um, we're like a, a tight-knit family, and uh, we're all about, like, loyalty. So uh, Cyclones was one of the first schools to start recruiting me, and um, Coach Neil Berry, he was one of the first people to start recruiting me. So, um, and I went on my visit there. It was a great visit. It felt like home. Um, he treated me He treated me like family. He treated my family like family. And, um yeah, like I kind of set my loyalty to those guys. Like I knew where I wanted to go because uh, they just really they just they just showed me everything. So I, I knew where I wanted to go, and uh, that's where the loyalty comes from. And speaking of guys showing you everything, one mentor you said you had was Monte Morris, who also went to Iowa State, but he had left for the NBA the year you arrived in Ames. Uh, you know, for the average NBA fan, or I, I consider myself a big NBA fan, I like Monte Morris's game, but what, what, what are the kind of different things that maybe that most fans don't see that you see that you try to get some tips about with Monte Morris? Uh, just his poise, like his poise going into every game. Obviously, he's not like a, a super standout player, but he's a guy that's going to stick in the league for a long time for the little things he does. And um, he, he's really a poise, a poise player and. um no, just that that's the that's the main thing that sticks out to me. Uh he's a poised player and uh he, he goes out there and gets the job done. Yeah, and he uh, you know he's doing he did a great playoffs too. He was really a huge contributor for the Nuggets. And uh, you know, so you, you go to Ames and you you make an immediate impact. And uh if you didn't mind, I wanted to play a little game of Lindell Wigginton trivia. And so what that is is I, I, give, you a, I give you a date w- during your time at Iowa State, and you see if you can remember what game that was and what happened in that game. Are you ready? Man, uh, yeah. Don't worry. If you don't know the answer, I'll, I'll jog your memory. This isn't a real test. So, so you, can, you can rest easy on that. Okay? So the first date I got for you, February 10th, 2018. February 10th, 2018. February 10th, 2018. It's conference play. Uh, I'm kind of stuck. Okay, so you were playing. Well, I'll give it away. You were playing Oklahoma. Oh, uh, yeah, I know now. It was my big dunk. No, that no, was no. My was, best dunk. Well, are you? Maybe it was your best dunk. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I mean, that was against. I mean, I'm I'm referencing it because it was against uh, Trey Young, and yeah, a guy you had played against in high school. And um, you had a great quote about him um, in an interview I saw. You said, you can't contain him because he's just got, he's got, you can't stop him because he's just got too much stuff to him. Um, what stuff does this Trey Young have that, uh, that, that, that impresses you? Uh, handle, relentless range. Uh, just a guy that, you know, gets his teammates involved. If he doesn't get himself involved, he gets his teammates involved. So. Uh, those are the kind of things that you know he has, and he has at, at a great clip. Do you, do you remember that you you have played him in that game? He scored twenty six on eight for twenty two. He scored twenty two 
on seven for 21. You guys won at home. And there was one play. Uh, I'm not sure if it was this one against Oklahoma or if it was a different one where he kind of crossed you up and you went down. Yeah. And then what happened after that? I blocked him. <laughs> and you blocked his shot. So, yeah, no, that, I mean, that type of competition, it seems, um, seems to fuel you to guard the best player on the other team. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that, it always fueled me to just go out there and guard the best player because uh, even though it's a, a team game, I want to go out there and show that, you know, I'm a top player too. So uh, it kind of fuels me when I go against, up against top guys. And you were, you were playing top guys in that conference the whole season. You also outplayed Terrence Davis against Ole Miss uh, yeah. in, an, in another win on the, in uh, 2019. And then as we, as we move on, we move on to the NBA G League. I got a date for you. Uh, January 8th, 2020. January 8th, 2020. A viral moment. A viral moment in the G League? Yep. A viral moment. It involves a current Raptor. Oh, what, Tanabe? Yeah, yeah, you're done with Watanabe. That was an yeah, offensive yeah, foul. Yeah, so, right. So you you take it to the hoop. You kind of hit him in the head, but it, no one ever calls an offensive foul in that situation. No, even that, right. I was kind of shocked by that. They called an offensive. No ref really calls a foul in that situation. So I, I mean, that was kind of different. Now, for us, you know, regular people, we'll never know what it's like to rise up and dunk on somebody. So I want you to take me through what it's like. You're you're going to the hoop. You're about, you know, you're about to rise. You see a guy's going to challenge you. You also know that he, you know, that you're going to drop him. You're going to take him down. Can you take us through sort of the, the arc and the feeling of dunking on somebody? I mean, it's a good feeling. Like um, going up to the hoop, you got to kind of have that mindset to where, um, I want to dunk on somebody. I want to um, embarrass somebody. And uh, that's kind of what I wanted to do, like, with my dunk at Oklahoma and my dunk uh, on Watanabe. Just I went up knowing I wanted to dunk the ball and I wanted to dunk on him. So, uh, obviously, I think both of those guys jumped late. And as a dunker, when a guy jumps late and you you kind of jump early and have a head of steam of him, then uh, you, know if, you know when you're going to uh, dunk on somebody. And I had that. Yeah, so that even e- even though it was an offensive foul, it was just as memorable. Might it might, might have been even more memorable um, of a highlight. Uh, so you know, you've been you spent two seasons uh, with the Wolves. You uh, put up double figure scoring, had an amazing bubble, put up twenty seven against the Raptors nine oh five, and you spent time in their summer league um, one season, the season before. Was there any fuel like this was the team that let me go and now I got to show him type of thing? Or was it just, or, or was it, or was that not really a storyline? Uh, I mean, it wasn't really a, it wasn't really a storyline, but I, I, I really, I did want to show them that, yeah, that's the team that let me go. And, uh, you know, I should be in a, a great position with that squad. And I just want to show them that uh, uh, they made a mistake by, not doing it but I also it, it it gave it gave fuel to me like um obviously they they let me go but it gave fuel to me just going up against them and obviously they they, they got a great organization they always had a great organization so I don't really um regret none of that stuff but um yeah um I just want to go show them that I can't play on this stage and I can and I will play on this stage and I'll do anything it takes to to get to that stage 
Yeah, you got that chip on your shoulder. I mean, there's so many guys need that chip on their shoulder in order to, in order to sort of make make it to that next step. And one of your one of your more recent tweets is is someone. There's a it's it's a quote with um, and it says relating to campaign. It's uh, from a, a Bulls uh, front office member, an anonymous Bulls front office member that said something like. The second time I, after the seeing him practice twice, I knew he couldn't make it to the NBA and now he's flourishing on the verge of the NBA finals. Um, so do you relate to campaign in that way, feeling underestimated through parts of your career? Yeah, most definitely. I feel that way. And I really quoted that because honestly, last year I played against campaign in the G league. I played against him in the G league and like he was, he was in a tough position. Like, no teams really wanted him at the time. They didn't think he could play on that level, and, and it, it all it goes to show like if you get on the right the right team and in the right situation with the right organization, you can you can flourish. And uh, I feel like I'm in that same type of position. I just need the, the you know the right team to, to give me the chance, and um, I, I go out there and play my heart out and do whatever it takes to to get on that level. And um, yeah, so I, I feel like I'm in the same predicament as campaign and. Um, he just gives me motivation, like, like you said, when he went into the the Bulls practice, they say he he couldn't play on that level, and now he's he's really doing it in the playoffs at a big at a high at a high level. So, um, it just goes to show, like, you know, you just got to be patient with it, you know, as I'm doing, and um, just got got to work every day. I'm I'm working. I'm constantly in the gym every day. You know, as you can see, I just came from the gym. I just got off a flight and came from the gym. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. In campaign, he, all, all he was known for was his amazing dances with Russell Westbrook before <laughs> tip-off, right? And so a few years later, here he is. He's, you know, with CP3 out with COVID, he's stepping up and he's stepping up off the bench. And, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously like cut by the Raptors too as well. So he's obviously yep. a huge, a huge inspiration. And the Raptors track record is pretty good, but I'm sure they got some, they got some misses too that they, uh, that they regret. And uh, so you, and you move on. You're, you're still with, yep. you, you have an amazing G League um bubble with the with the wolves average about 17 points i think you played in israel for part of um of this year and now you're, you're with the honey badgers and you talked about motivation that uh, campaign provides and i spoke with coach schmidt you know coach is supposed to b- provide motivation as well and i'm always wondering what what pl- what gets a player motivated is it like the disciplinarian guy who perhaps your your college head coach was Steve Prohm? Uh, can you compare Prohm to Schmidt in their approaches? And does a coach even motivate you, or, or is that just not part of what drives you to be a great player? Um, I mean, it's, it has to do a little bit, a little bit of it. Obviously, um, your coaches you want to they they want to see you flourish and they want to see you in the right positions. But you know, as a player, I think you got to have that self motivation uh, to where. You know, you just want to be the best and you, you don't have to have everybody else, um, you know, trying to motivate you to, 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 to play at your highest level. So um, really, I mean, obviously, it's the coaches. I, I love Coach Smith. I love uh, I love Coach Coach Prom. And um, yeah, I, but I, but I think, you know, obviously they motivate they motivated me uh, to play on, on at a high level. But you know, I think it just comes from me in general. Just I just want to be the best I can be. I want to play on a higher stage and I know I can play. You know, at the highest stage, uh, I think it just comes with patience. Yeah, and in through two games with uh, the Honey Badgers, you're averaging 25. There was there was one play, and you're obviously the go-to guy. You got the freedom to to do what you want in that offense. And I imagine Coach Schmidt, 
he talks about the freedom he wants to give his players. But there was one play I wanted to ask you about in the first game against Edmonton. Coach Schmidt happened to, happened to be mic'd up in the timeout right before this play was called. So he called like a dribble handoff on the left side and then a pass to you to the top of the key. Um, do you remember this play call in the, in the huddle? Um, I don't remember it because we have a lot of plays for me. So I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of sets for you. Okay, so this, yeah. so the play was, so I was going to ask you, do you remember Coach Schmidt's instructions in the timeout and what you did out of the timeout? I think it might have been get downhill and get a bucket. Uh, I think it might have been that on that, mm-hmm. that level. And I think that's what I did. He gives me the confidence to go do that. Well, hold on. So you, his, his, so he said, get downhill and you just caught and shoot and shot and made a contested like 28 foot three. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he just gives me that confidence. Like he gives me that confidence to obviously it, the confidence in uh, the freedom comes with you no know, responsibility, but um, you know, he gives me that confidence. I feel like I can go out there and uh, just do what I just do what I do best, and that's you know try to be the best and play at a high level. And he he definitely gives me that confidence. I love him as a coach, and um, you know he's with me every step of the way. He's just trying to get me get me uh, to be a better player. Now, in these couple games that I've you know watched you, you closely, you know you you mentioned Derek Rose as being an inspiration for for how you play, but the comparison that, that I see the most, at least in my early scouting, would be Donovan Mitchell. Um, and not just the, you're smiling, and not just the athleticism around the rim, but J.J. Redick noted this when he talked to Mitchell on a podcast of his. He said his balance when he shoots the ball is some of the best balance he's ever seen when he rises up for, for a three or anything like that. Do you, mm-hmm. do, you, do you note that with Mitchell as well? Yeah, most definitely. Like He's one of the players that can you know come off a screen, um, like a double screen, like, sprint and then just get his feet set and go up and, and be on balance like he's one of the guys that do it the best in the league and uh, obviously I take note of that um I take note of that and I mean yeah some people have compared me to him and um obviously it's a great comparison uh, but yeah I think I I got a lot more work to do but um yeah I, I feel like I can play on that level. I can be at that level for sure. No, and that's the, that's the humility is also gonna gonna drive you. And you know, in speaking with um, the president of the team, John Lashway, before the season, when he talks about acquiring players, he says, "I'll sacrifice wins for bringing in guys of good character." And fortunately, with you, it seems like he doesn't have to sacrifice either. And I was wondering, there's so many tributes to you from the youth of Dartmouth uh, that you post on your timeline, and I was wondering. Is there a part of your upbringing that 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 made you say something like that? I heard you say you say youth is bigger than basketball. Is there some part of your upbringing that that gave you that perspective? Um, I think it was just really how I was raised. Um, really, um, you know, my parents always taught me like, you know, if I get in a you know better situation, you know, than some unfortunate people, then uh, it's always good to give back. And um, you know, just growing up, I didn't really have a role model, you know. That was at a high level to, that I could look up to. Um, that was at a high level in basketball that I could look up to. So um, just me being at a high level um, in basketball, I think the, the the kids look up to me a lot, and I, I try to be the the best role model I can uh, can be for them. And um, yeah, like I just I uh, like doing it for the, for the for the youth. Like you know, every time I step on a, on the court, I, I think of um, giving back to you know my hometown and. 
um, you know, where I'm from, um, because, you know, they put a lot of, you know, effort into, you know, supporting me, you know, as a player and a, and a young man, like just, just not even on the basketball court, but, you know, just back home when I'm, when I'm not on the basketball court, they put a lot of, you know, effort into, you know, support me in any way they can. So I think just me giving back, um, you know, it's, it's the least I could do. Yeah, that, that gratitude, that humility is something that's that's really endearing and that I'm sure once the Honey Badgers fans start to be able to come into the building, they'll be able to appreciate uh, even more. Uh, listen, Lindell, we really appreciate the time. Uh, we're early in the season. You guys are one and one You already got a game winner under your belt. <laughs> and the, the home opener is coming up on Saturday. So uh, we wish you the best of luck as the season continues. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it.